Welcome to the Palace Perspective, podcast that brings you conversations and professional analysis on the topics and trends affecting your everyday financial life. The Palace Perspective is brought to you by Palace Capital Advisors, a comprehensive wealth management firm with locations in the Northeast, specializing in financial and estate planning solutions, investment management strategies, and family office services for high net worth families across the country. Welcome to another edition of Palace Capital Advisors webcast series. I'm Rich Mullen, one of the managing partners here at Palace, and I'm joined today by Mark Bogar, our chief investment officer, and Steve Kylander, senior portfolio manager here at Palace. Gentlemen, lots going on here again as we um, start this webinar here. Today begins a very monumental piece of uh, monetary policy. The quantitative tightening commences today as the Fed lets bonds mature off its $9 trillion balance sheet without replacement. And as Steve, we were talking earlier, this is unprecedented, um, never really happened to any degree anyway in history. So, you know, what are your thoughts, guys? Let's just kind of kick it off with that since it's such a significant event. And what are your thoughts on perhaps um, the direction of interest rates and, and maybe what there may be for a negative feedback loop, if any, into the markets? Steve, you want to tackle that? Sure. Well, I think it's already been very well telegraphed. Um, and this is part of the policy of uh, increasing the Fed funds rates and reducing the balance sheet. So right now we're still probably on track for another 50 basis point increase in June and 50 basis point increase in July is where the expectations are. Now, the further uh, you know, selling of treasuries and mortgage-backed securities, you know, the expectation that it's going to have the impact of an equivalent 25 basis point increase in rates. So this is well telegraphed. It's well known. So it may not have a significant impact here in the near term. But it, you know, of course, continues to put pressure upwards on rates and rates as a negative feedback in terms of valuation multiples. Yeah. Mark, you got yeah, we'll to add see. to that? Yeah. Generally, too, as, as we've talked about over time, it's a change in regime, right, from the Federal Reserve from going from easing, easing to tightening. Uh, we've already had the rate increases, the beginning of them, and more to come. And now it's the balance sheet starting to um, come down. And it'll be yet to see. It's planned to be a gradual uh, wind down. So as maturities come in, um, as I understand it today, it's not outright selling. It's just maturities. But we'll see what impact that does have on longer-term rates that without lack of buying from the Fed, will we see longer-term rates start to tick up more? Because certainly what we've seen thus far the 10-year treasury is still around 3%, which one interpretation is that the market still believes that long-run inflation would be under control. Real growth would be in the you know 1% range, long-term inflation in the 2 to 3% range. And so um, that's all very well controlled. And the market will see going forward here, will this quantitative tightening Im- impact that more? Thus far, it has not happened. But that could be a risk to markets going forward is maybe rates do even move higher on the long end. But we have not that's not our base case and that hasn't happened yet. But that is certainly a risk as as regimes change from easing to tightening. Yeah, no, I think it's a good point. I mean, again, an unprecedented period of time. You know, this was all a matter of unwinding their uh, purchases to infuse money supply capital into the, into the markets from March 20 to March 22. So now they're reversing the course there. Unfortunately, they're doing it during a period of time where there have been some, you know, unpredictable, perhaps unexpected uh, shocks, the Ukrainian war. We've talked about the, you know, impact that's had on food and fuel prices. So, you know, we know uh, the intended consequence of this is to raise rates. 
and to uh, thus slow the economy down. It'll be interesting to see the you know how it correlates with the other aspects of the market in terms of inflation and if it actually has its desired effect to uh, to pull down inflation. I mean, my thought too on the inflation. Let's pivot just a second there. Is that you know interest higher interest rates definitely lower demand. Definitionally, that's what they're all about, right? The slow the slow the economy down, slow the demand down. But I think a lot of our, our inflation is induced by geopolitical issues, not necessarily, you know, the demand. So the supply, you know, take the Ukrainian situation, for instance, on the food and, and then, you know, disruption in the fuel and stuff. That was really, I think, kind of a, a wild card here. Do you think that, you know, the, the hiring of rates and, you know, an intended consequence of lowering demand will solve inflation right here? Where do you think we are in the inflation picture? There's been some discussion that we've peaked. Yeah, well, I I definitely believe that inflation will get solved, that the Fed is serious about it. And then the question becomes, what path do we take to solve that inflation? Is it more, because as you mentioned, the Fed affects demand, and we seem to have more of a supply problem driven by um, COVID first, um, and then the Russia-Ukrainian war. And so the soft landing scenario is that inflation starts to ease off. We've seen that actually in the most recent inflation data has started to come down, still high historically, but lower from its peaks. So if that trend continues, um, we may get to a soft landing scenario, which would be very good for the economy. What would be worse for the economy is if the Fed has to really jam on the brakes and really crack that demand with rates themselves. And if that's the case, we're in for more of a harder landing scenario. Um, which is worse for the economy. We think some of that is priced into stocks. Probably a full-on hard landing is probably not fully priced in at these levels. But that is more the risk that, um, I guess, either way, I see inflation coming off. But there's a hard path to get there and an easy path to get there. And it's still yet to be seen which path uh, the economy is going to take. What do you think, Steve? Well, I think we've already seen a pullback in certain areas that had you know, seen uh, inflation, goods in particular. Um, a number of retailers reported in the last month and inventory is building, uh, flow through is slowing down. And that really should take the edge off of some of the pricing, at least on the goods side. Um, somewhat where inflation is shifting those from the goods side over to the service side. And uh, labor market's still very strong. Um, I think the, the numbers out today were sort of the lowest uh, unemployment uh, or, or loss of jobs that, that have been seen uh, historically. And, uh, you know, unemployment rates are very low. So that's still going to put pressure on, on wages, particularly on the service side. Energy is still, uh, you know, still definitely a wild card. And that's, that one probably is going to be, it, it needs to be met by improvement in the supply channels globally, as well as an increase in production, which is you know, going to take a while to, to move through the system. And then we do have the reopening of China. So demand actually may pick up a little bit on a global basis in the near term. That's a good point. I wanted to pivot to China. Today, um, I guess yesterday, marked the opening of Shanghai. And obviously, a city of 25 million people, China put in some draconian rules to combat uh, COVID and adopted the zero COVID policy. We're talking about the world's second largest economy here. So to have it shut down after the world's largest economy basically shut down has really kind of been, I think, had a ripple effect here that's that's been somewhat pervasive. I think 
if we can get some sort of opening of China and stuff, that's probably going to go a long way towards helping, you know, the domestic economy here in this discussion of recession. What do you think about China, Mark, and what's going on? And Yeah, there's a lot of cross currents, but certainly with any of the supply chain talk, whether it be raw materials like oil from Russia or uh, more goods that come from China, COVID and then the war has had big impact on those supply chains. And so especially here for consumption in the U.S., probably the biggest impact has been China because we import so many goods from China and be it semiconductors or semiconductors and flowing into uh, autos, appliances, whatever the goods are. I think the uh, China reopening up is definitely going to be a relief valve on that side of the equation. And then unfortunately for a U.S. consumer, as that starts to get better, we have this oil shock. And so gasoline prices are going to stay high. Rent prices are still high. So that might persist for a little while longer, but the glass half full would be we get some relief on the good side, but we'll have to actually see that play out. I saw lumber today, uh, yesterday, took a big drop in prices and stuff. So, I mean, that's a good uh, a good sign. I think that was actually on the heels of, um, you know, a troubled housing market. I should say, should say troubled, but a slowing slow. housing mm-hmm. market. Steve, did you see that? Uh, no, but it, it makes all, all the sense in the world. I mean, uh, you know, we had a very strong housing market last year, and with higher mortgage rates, builds and permits are slowing, so that's going to bring down the cost of lumber going forward. Yeah, so that could be a positive. I mean, certainly a, a variable or an input in inflation to see something like that happen. Well, let's just pivot here. So we talked a little bit about um, you know the Fed today, the Chinese economy, and, and how that may help kind of dampen or smooth or create a softer landing here in the U.S. economy. But let's just talk about what's going on here in the U.S. You know, Steve, you brought up, you know, some of the lowest jobs numbers. Um, Mark, you know, before this um, webinar, we were talking a little bit about earnings and stuff. Mark, what are you seeing in the U.S. economy here? Is are start, things starting to roll over a little bit here? Pockets of of uh, strength starting to weaken or where, where are you seeing things? Well, it's certainly interesting from a standpoint of uh, consumer sentiments low. We've looked at some um, charts on where consumer sentiment is versus the past and it's near lows. Kind of conversely, that can be a, an interesting time to invest because history says market rebounds strongly from these levels over a 12-month period. So we'll see if that repeats this time. But consumer sentiment is actually low. Consumer spending is still high. So trying to get those cross currents uh, is tricky. We tend to believe that over time, wages and unemployment are more drivers of consumer spending and confidence uh, factors in that too, but it really circles around the job. So if consumers are confident in their job, then they're confident to spend money. And so as long as the unemployment rate is staying you know, strong, uh, we believe that consumer will spend. That shift will happen from the goods to the services side, as we talked a lot about, but we're starting to see that weakness in goods, but the service is strong. So um, Net-net for us, that we see a, a strong consumer, not necessarily accelerating from here, but staying strong. And as long as we don't have a job shock or an interest rate, you know, go up another 300 basis points, we think the consumer should stay relatively fine through this. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Do you want to add? Well, sure. The, uh, in the U.S., the consumer is the driver of the economy, but about 20% of the economy is driven by corporate spending as well. And PMI numbers came out today, and they you know, still very well, solidly in expansion territory and above where expectations were and stronger than, than March, stronger than March and stri- stronger than April. So there's actually been a bit of an expansion there. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's this quandary because, uh, you know, whether it be enterprise software spending, whether it be 
capital spending for physical equipment that's you know that's still strong and you know that's a key driver of confidence for companies when they're looking forward yeah that's a point that i've heard made corporate balance sheets and personal balance sheets very very strong i mean those are the types of things that you know can insulate you sometimes from you know retrenchment or back you know downturns in the economy so you know mark you bring up a good point on labor i mean it's you know 3.2 percent or whatever unemployment are typically not numbers associated with the uh, beginning of a recession mm-hmm. you know so that in and of itself could be a shock absorber and then pivoting just a little bit further uh, down the line to get a little more granular we had still some good earnings numbers here yeah um absolutely kind of on the on the weak side we did have some retailers a few weeks ago report where with some cost pressures some wage pressures uh maybe too much capacity You've seen that in, in retailers that try to really gear ahead for this, everyone working from home slash ordering goods from home. So there might be a little capacity to absorb in that channel. But by and large, earnings have been good. We've seen software companies, Salesforce today had strong numbers. So we've seen a lot of strong tech earnings um, and just some pockets here or there. So net net earning and earn, uh, energy has been strong as well on the uh, earnings side, obviously. So net-net for the, say, S&P 500, earnings have held in, in pretty well. Uh, but you've seen stocks generally fall, and that's because there's worry that those earnings will take a leg down um, as things slow down. But as of yet, uh, corporate earnings have been pretty strong. That's a good point. Yes. Uh, by and large, earnings have been strong in the S&P 500. You look across the board, companies continue at the aggregate level to report pretty well, and uh, guidance has also been solid. You've seen uh, enterprise spending still be strong. Yeah, the numbers of, say, like Salesforce uh, numbers have been very good. Maybe pockets of weakness here and there. Uh, retailers have been a, a touch weak on labor cost pressures, uh, maybe some overcapacity. But by and large, uh, earnings are still good. Corporations are spending, consumers are spending, and they're able to pass on enough of the inflation that margins are still, by and large, strong, Say, like say, except for pockets of industries that have taken a hit. So it's been, it's been a strong earnings season. That's great. Yeah. Mark, or, uh, Steve, do you have anything to add to the earnings here? No, I think that I think that pretty well encapsulates it. I mean, it's not just the earnings, but it's also the guidance. And you know, companies are generally maintaining uh, their guidance. They're cautious about about the second half of the year. So, but nobody is, uh, you know, nobody seems to be panicking at this stage and saying that they, you know, see the proverbial cliff coming in front of them. So, I think we've talked a lot about uh, the Fed today, the overall state of the economy here, and gotten a little bit more granular and talked about earnings and. And the strong labor uh, market, I think, is really a very key element to the economy. So I think we're going to have to keep our eyes on, you know, potential layoffs or retrenchments in the uh, in the employment uh, numbers, and and that may be uh, you know a harbinger of, of something down the road. But we're not seeing that right now. So those types of things kind of lead us to believe that um, you know the, the recovery here or the downturn may be you know somewhat um, muted in nature but um, we'll have to see and hopefully as we pointed out China comes online and and maybe can add to that and strengthen the uh, the US economy here and unclogging some of the supply chain issues we've had and and that could uh, that could have a positive effect so well let's end today uh, thank you Mark and Steve for your thoughts and thank you for taking the time to watch or listen and keep an eye out uh, for our new episodes of the Palace Perspective podcast and webcast and as always you can find us on Apple Podcasts Uh, Spotify, Vimeo, or wherever you stream your podcasts and videos. Have a great day. Thanks for joining us. 
Palace Capital Advisors, LLC, and its representatives do not provide legal or tax advice. You should consult a legal or tax advisor regarding any legal or tax information as it relates to your personal circumstances. These materials are provided for general informational and educational purposes, based on publicly available information from sources believed to be reliable. PCA cannot assure the accuracy or completeness of these materials. The information in these materials may change at any time and without notice. The information contained herein is for informational purposes only, is not personalized investment advice, and should not be construed as a recommendation to purchase or sell any particular security, sector, or strategy to any individual person or entity. Investment advice is offered through Palace Capital Advisors, LLC, a registered investment advisor.